I am all about gift giving uh, when it's spontaneous and it's thoughtful and, oh, I saw something in the store that I know Michael likes or made me think of Michael or something that I just thought he would like and I just felt like getting him for him. That's super sweet. That's a great way to show you love someone. But I hate this fucking holiday gift giving shit. This corporate this bullshit. <laughs> this Fuck the man, dude. This corporate capitalist regime Nobody shit. Nobody tells me to give gifts. Two best friends just blowing out, talking about what's going on. We might talk about politics or what about our Amazons. It's about us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bottle Up and Explode with Bryson and Michael. I'm Bryson. I am Michael. And Michael, how are you doing today? Whoa, I'm doing pretty good today for once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we record on Mondays, which is my off day off of work. Uh, but also, uh, sorry, I have my drink in my hand. Because I just went to lunch with my best friend, Eric, who's in town. Oh, yeah? Uh, and, and we talked about this recently because I said he's my best friend and you kind of looked at me kind of weird about it. You were okay, like, oh, okay. hold I on, thought I was your best friend. Okay, okay. Total preface. I did not look at him weird about it. He looked at me weird about it because he had this own guilt in his in his brain about calling Eric his best friend. I, I did not give a fuck whatsoever. I, I for one, uh, looked at you weird about it. So, whatever. Yeah, it's Brandon fine. is also uh, one of my best friends. Shout out to our editor, Brandon. What's up, Brandon? What's up, guys? How's it going? Good, good, good. Uh, well, yeah, just if, if I may get back to Yeah, uh, Eric, my best friend in the whole wide world... Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Well, I say that. <laughs> let me say this. Okay. I, I, Eric has been upgraded to brother status because he has stayed at my house so many times. I've stayed at his house so many times. Uh, we've also fucked. Uh, <laughs> as most brothers do. As most brothers do. Shout out to Travis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to our brothers uh, that we fuck. I'm just kidding. Um, no, Eric and I are, are on brother status. I do have a brother named Jimmy. Shout out my brother Jimmy. We do not fuck. Uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, I, but Eric and I have like we've we've been best friends for 22 years. We know everything about each other. Um, so we've upgraded each other to like brother status. But yeah, he's in town. He lives in St. Louis now. He's he moved there uh, about over a year ago now, and I haven't seen him in a really long time. And uh, so it was really nice to be able to see him, spend some time with him. I had lunch with him today with his sister Jackie and his new girlfriend. Uh, shout out to Maddie; she's really gr- great, really nice. Like her. Uh, hope they uh, hope they uh, get it get it together. Hope they get it together. Yeah, what is, that's loaded. That's terrible. Fucking yeah. suck. So my best friend's in town with his uh, girlfriend Maddie, and uh, they're great. They're really they're really great. They're yin and yang. I met I met Eric, correct? Me, you, and Eric. Uh, Did you say Ying and Yang? Oh wow. Okay, so now I'm offending the Asians today. Huh? <laughs> 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 Got that out of the way early, Michael. That's Thank the you. target. That's the target no, of our ire this week. See, we've we've met the quota, guys. That's enough. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. So me and Eric, I met Eric like once, right? I think we were, we had like a pizza party. At your, not Okay. Okay. So first of all, we're not 12. We were at Michael's house and we ate pizza and partied. It was three separate events, but Michael's I met house, him. Correct. pizza and a party. Yes. Michael pizza party. Uh, yeah. you. I think you did. He's, yeah. We've been best friends for a long time. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I met He's him. been there for every significant moment of my life. Uh, and he was there for some pretty shitty moments of my life. 
And that brings us to today's episode of Painful Stories from Michael's Past. They're getting stuffed in the locker, old thrown in the trash. Stories getting pants. Oh, it's Wedgie's Pulled. It's Michael and gets Pulled. Welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the uh, show. Today's segment of Michael Gets Bullied is shaping up to be right wonderful. Oh, it's going to be a good one today, folks. So, uh, Eric, I was going to have Eric come on originally and tell the story himself, uh, but we ran into some issues with uh, his, his schedule, but also because we didn't want Bryson's friends to get butt hurt. And I just wanted to take a quick moment here <laughs> to address Bryson's friends and say, You will never be on this show. God damn it. You will look at me. What's one of your friends' name? Give me, uh, give me one. Uh, Paul. No, just one. Just one. Paul, I just want this one specifically at you. You will never be on this show, you son of a bitch. That's so heavy-handed. Paul's going to be genuinely upset about that. I'm just that. kidding, Paul. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, let me be lighter about it. Well, You'll no, never the, be on the show. The, hey. reason, the reason I was uh, the reason I said it to you is because we had agreed that we weren't going to have any guests, and then you we said did. you were going to get him to have him on. And I was like, God damn it, he's going to open the floodgates of people trying to... <laughs> but I wanted him to tell the story because I was like, he was there. He was there for it. But also... Maybe there were details that I missed or forgot about or that I blocked out. Uh, so I uh, so this on this story, uh, we're in the locker room. It's that motherfucker Brandon Phillips again. Did we already did we already say fuck Brandon Phillips? Fuck yeah, we did. But for fuck the, him again. For observant bottle up and explode listeners, you'll know that fuck Brandon Phillips. Brendan. Brendan Phillips. Uh, I'm sure he's a nice guy now, but uh, fuck him during this time of my life. Or maybe he's a douche still. Who knows? But anyway, so this was sixth grade, and he started bullying me back in third grade. So it had continued all the way up into here. And, th- and again, this is like sixth or seventh grade, and we're in the locker room. And I knew, like, our like it had come to, like, like our fighting had come to a head. It was like, oh, shit was about to happen. I had had enough. And we're in the locker room. He had said something. I'm like, you know what, man? I'm fucking sick of you. He's like, what are you going to do about it? And then we get in each other's face, and I go, fucking hit me. No, you fucking hit me. No, you fucking hit me. And it just turns into a you fucking hit me battle. Did y'all have one of those, like, shoving matches? The, the- no, we didn't even shove each other because we were both being pussies about it. And uh, and I was just like, oh, god damn it. I, I'm, I'm so scared. Like, I'm, like, shitting myself, like, in this guy's face. Like, we're, like, screaming, hit me, hit me. Okay, did you have a rule? And, I'll, Brandon, I opened the question up to you as well. Did you ever have a rule in school? And maybe Columbia County students re, uh, relate with this. Do you ever have a rule that – how many times can I say rule? Do you ever have a thing where a self-defense rule that if you got hit in the face at least three times, <laughs> you could hit the person back without any consequence? See, I didn't have – so no. Throughout, I'm just going to go and answer. I'm going to give you the short answer, and then I'm going to tell you the, the funny answer. So the short answer is no. Never had a rule like that um, through any of my school – but I did have a rule enforced by my parents for much of school um, where if anybody said anything to you ever, you hit him in the face. It was a very different rule. It was a very different, uh, it was a very different, you know, standard to be held to. So you had to get hit in the face three times. The rule that my mom gave me when I was little is if anyone said anything ever, punch him in the face. And, uh, I mean, I don't I defended my brother from a bully one time and, uh, 
I, I was bullied myself, but uh, I defended my brother one time, and I didn't, they didn't say shit to me, so I don't know. Maybe maybe there's exceptions to that kind of stuff, and uh, I don't know. Uh, let the viewers uh, note that I just Yeah, I'd like to let our uh, <laughs> listeners know that uh, Brandon just lap. spilled an entire bottle of water. My entire is really strong. It's like a half a bottle. Half a bottle is still. It's, I, you know, I it did to. the damage. Enough for him to be bullied about it. It's it's hot. Enough to be bullied end. about it. Enough to be, to be considered a P-shirt. <laughs> Brandon gets bullied. Brandon gets bullied. Uh, no, so we're they're screaming at each other, and Eric is standing there. And Eric and I just talked to Eric about it today, and he said, "I was just, I was just in my heart, like, just like fucking deck this guy, fucking hit this guy in the face." And we're just screaming at each other, and he goes, "They're just like came a point where it just we just all knew it was going to happen." Yeah. And the coach comes in, Coach Atkins. Shout out to Coach Atkins. He doesn't listen to the show. Uh, but he came in, he's like, Hey, knock that shit off. And then we just like, Oh, you're lucky. You're lucky coach came in here. Cause I was going to beat your ass. And in my heart, I was like, thank God. Thank coach you coach. Here. Thank you so thank much. You coach. Thank you coach for saving my ass. Uh, Bryson, have you ever had to stand up to a bully or? So I, so I got bullied a lot in like elementary and middle school and in elementary school I had. I mean, I'm just going to go and say yes a lot, a lot, more times than I can count, really. Like, I would get into, like, little scuffles all the time in elementary school. Uh, in middle school, it started tapering off a bit because I was I was becoming nar- noticeably larger than everybody else. And my personality was blooming a bit, so I guess I was less of a, of a target for bullying. But I do remember this one, this one memory in middle school where I'm outside in the hallway at my locker between classes. And this kid who was in a bunch of my classes... And have been fucking with me, you know, intermittently for weeks. He comes up and he's fucking with me again. And I just had enough. So I grabbed this kid's head. And I've been, I've been watching a lot of UFC at the time. So I grabbed this kid's head from behind and just need him in the face. Just in the hallway. Just just gave him a Muay Thai straight to the nose. Oof. And uh, yeah, he didn't fuck with me after that. So yes, yeah, so I have stood up to some bullies. God damn. I, so I didn't like give a follow up to P-Story, to P-Shirt Story. So uh, for our listeners uh, that missed episode one, uh, one day in middle school, somebody pushed me while I was peeing. It's a classic trick. Classic prank. And I peed all over my shirt. And uh, like somebody tried to do it to me a week later, like two weeks later. And I and I feel so terrible about it. But I grabbed the dude (laughs) by the throat and I slammed him against the stall. And I was like. Don't do that to me. That's exactly what you should have done. Why do you yeah, feel bad about that? The second time. Well, I mean, you know, this kid was like, he was a nicer guy. He was just like fucking around, you know, and he probably didn't deserve it. Uh, yeah, he did. Fuck you, asshole. You did deserve kid. it, douche. Uh, but no, I, I, uh, no, no, no. I, I retaliated. I stand up for myself sometimes. But this has just been another segment of Michael Gets Bleed. Oh, man, so this weekend was Father's Day. Yes, today is uh, today is Monday the twenty second. So yesterday was the twenty first. Father's Day for you, keen calendar observers out there. I uh, yeah, Gino, my father. Uh, we celebrated fa- Father's Day. Um, we got to hang out a little bit, which was nice. We we you came over by the house. We edited. Uh, Me, you, and Gino were chilling. Yeah, yeah. We made sure the podcast was ready to go for last episode, episode two. Uh, Gino came by, hung out a little bit, uh, you know, got him some nice stuff for, uh, for Father's Day, got him some gift cards and lottery tickets, you know, 
What a what a sixty seven year old man wants. Well, I went and uh, I went and visited my forty eight year old father also, and um, it was pretty chill. He he was cooking uh, he was cooking up some fajitas. I went out there. I was getting text messages from Brandon and you the whole time about fixing different errors in episode two. So I was uh, while we were hanging out, I was doing a lot of that. We'll do better. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. But so you know, fixing problems in episode two, uh, a wonderful episode two that by now has a glorious uh, uh, rating and and public public perception. Apple Podcast, we've got three five star reviews. One of them says, "That's my son." Waves <laughs> Mary Fortino. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, me and uh, me and Tony, we hung out. It was pretty chill. He was cooking. Nothing nothing too serious for me and him hang out. It's always very laid back. Good the, times. Whole, the whole family was there for this. It's a whole family gathering on Father's Day for us. Hmm. We uh, we do gifts. I got I, as I mentioned before, I got him lottery tickets because that's just his thing. You can never go wrong with lottery tickets. But I also got him a Wendy's gift card <laughs> because my God, my dad likes Wendy's. He'll get chilly any time of the year. It's chilly time any time of the year. I thought you meant chilly as in like he was cold, like he was having trouble maintaining his temperature. But now I understand that he's getting fucking. <laughs> but also that because he's getting he's, fucking disgusting Wendy's chilly. What the fuck? He also, I'm sure, does have trouble with that because he's so fucking old. You know, it's funny. Uh, about a week ago, Marvin, shout outs to Marvin, told me that I should get chilly from Wendy's. And I told him that I, I believe my exact words were, don't be a silly Billy. I would not be willy nilly getting my chili. <laughs> wow. Classic B chap joke right there. Dropped ever, on Marvin. You ever consider uh, doing jingles? <laughs> yeah, no. I, we, uh, I have thought about that a lot. But I, I don't usually know what to get my dad. I usually get him sentimental things, but he never appreciates it. Like I got him a Nick Chubb jersey uh, because we're we're big uh, Cleveland Browns fans. Shout out to the dog pound. Uh Yeah, I did it. Um, Insert cricket sound here. Don't do it. There are dog pound fans out there, but I'm just saying, uh, so Nick Chubb is the running back for the Browns and I bought him a Jersey, like an authentic game Jersey, um, to wear. And he was on his way to Cleveland, uh, to go see a game with his best friend. They do it annually. It's, it's real cute. And, uh, we're on the way I'm dropping him off to the rental car place. And I, I turned to him and he goes, Oh, I forgot my my jersey, and I swear to God, I turned that motherfucking car around. And I mean, we were one minute we were about to pull into the place. I said, "Yeah, fuck no." I turned around and I drove all the way back home. And I said, "You will wear that jersey to the game." God I said, "I spent too much money on it and too much of my heart I put into this gift. You're gonna wear it." And you know what? I got him like Cheech and Chong shirts because he likes Cheech and Chong. Other shirts he that he likes. Would. And guess where those shirts are now? In my drawer because he doesn't wear them anymore. So I was like, fuck this. No more sentimental gifts, lottery tickets, and Wendy's gift cards for you. Well, that's – I mean, so talking about gift giving, that's uh, that's what I feel is the best way to give a gift is something utilitarian like that. You know, why, why – Try to be sentimental. <laughs> I sound like such a fucking dickhead. Why try to be sentimental when getting someone gifts is essentially what I'm saying. Well, I think some people have a difficult time expressing themselves. And I think that is an opportunity for someone to really, really get in there and get you something nice. You know what I mean? For example, um, my ex-girlfriend, uh, Maria, shout out to my ex-girlfriend, Maria. Uh, she, we're shouting a lot of people out we're, today. We're shouting a lot of people out today. We're on a today. tear. But we, 
like we were uh, we were sitting outside once, and she was talking about how much she liked curly or not curly uh, fuzzy socks. She likes fuzzy socks, right? Yeah. Curly socks. She likes curly socks, you know, ones that are really difficult to put on. You kind of have to keep <laughs> twisting your foot. You got to skanky leg your foot into the sock. Um, no, so she likes uh, fuzzy socks, but she also likes Rick and Morty. So I was like, oh, bam. That shows, like, I understand what she likes. I understand what she needs. And it shows that I listen. It's a three-way win. And that goes for your family, your friends. You just shows them that you listen, you care. Like Brandon. For my birthday, he he nailed it. He got me a Cleveland Browns lunchbox. Why? Because one, I love the Cleveland Browns, as I had mentioned before. Two, he's seen me sneak in my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to work every day. And he was like, you probably need to put it in something safe. And three, it's just something thoughtful. I mean, okay, so I while I'll definitely agree that that gift is a very good gift because <clears> – <throat> As I said a moment ago, I, I very much support gift giving of the uti- of the utilitarian variety, right? Things that are useful. And in that case, Brandon and you both did a great job. And you also incorporated all this other bullshit about listening to them and knowing their... It's th- true, though. You know, all this it's other true. silly shit. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> but the main thing to me is something that somebody can use. That's why I always say that the best gift is just cash. Because they can just do whatever with it. That's so thoughtless. Who gives a fuck? You show your thought. I, I don't know, man. To me, gift giving is just a big fucking, it's like a big circus to see to see who can prove how much they care about the other one a little better. It's silly. I don't know. Uh, I okay. I think some people do that. And uh, I feel like, mo- I'll say, I'll venture out to say most people do that. My sister is a little like that. My sister, yeah. Christina. She's like always competitive about how much she spends on gifts and like she gets my mom the nicest things which is cool which is fine but i always get my mom the gifts that she'll like always remember special gifts i got her tickets to see james taylor it's her favorite musician i'm like you can't you can't put a price on a memory like that it's Mm -hmm. her favorite musician good seats listen to him i mean you can't beat that. And and, 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 and and again, it's like I, when I buy gifts, I'm investing in their reaction. I know that's kind of selfish, but it's very, it's very, <laughs> very conceited. Is it really? I mean, it's not. OK, so it's not so much conceited as it is like it's kind of not the reaction for me, but more of their joy. Well, I'm it's, it's like in their it, joy. It's like you're placing your own ego into what should be something for them, right? Like you're sitting here. So I'm also a big believer that no no action is is an entirely selfless action, right? So you could say that in that situation, you're trying to do a good job of giving them this gift, so you can see a really like to yourself warming reaction from them. You know what I'm saying? You, you feel me? Obviously, uh, again, uh, because of your lack of Disney culture, you've never seen Disney's The Santa Claus 2 uh, with Tim Allen, where he is, in fact, searching for a Mrs. Claus. Uh, and in this, in this, uh, let me explain, in this, in in this, this motion film, picture, in this, in this hit motion picture, uh, Tim Allen is Santa Claus. Uh, shout out to Tim Allen <laughs> and Santa Claus. And Santa Claus. Uh, and Disney. And Disney. Uh, Tim Allen is at a uh, a teacher's Christmas party, right? And the te- it's the party's really lame. And then he uses some of his Santa magic uh, because he's a watch. He has a little bit of Santa magic. He uses the Santa magic to f- remember all of the teacher's favorite childhood gifts, right? So he uses that memory to 
find out what everybody wanted as a child but never got, right? So all of a sudden he's like, hey, Santa came, and he's got a bag full of stuff. Who's been somebody? He's like, who's been Dover? Who's been? <laughs> who's Phil Who McCrevis? <laughs> Who, okay, who breaks Santa? Who breaks Santa? All right, this next gift is for Mike Oxlong. <laughs> So you bring up the Santa, what, the Santa Claus 2. I mean, that Hold just... Hold on. Let me get to it. Finish it, because so, I got so, some thoughts on Santa. So, oh, God. Now we're bashing I have some Santa. hot takes on Christmas. So so, so he pulls the present out. He gives it to the teacher. The teacher's so miserable. It's like a lame party. And um, he opens it. He's like, oh, my God. It's a rock and sock em. I always wanted this as a kid. And you see his face light up, and it's like, aw. It's like shit. It like brings in a spirit of somebody. So, so he gives them the gifts, and then every teacher there gets the gift. And then at the end of it, the Mrs. Claus, the soon-to-be Mrs. Claus, gets the doll she always wanted as a child, and it ruined her not getting that doll. Pretty much ruined her childhood. And I know I understand what you're saying, like, but people put their love in certain things, whether it's animals or dolls or toys or whatever, or video games or chess. Uh, he's trying to play. He's trying to play on my weaknesses. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, thank, thank goodness, I'm uh, finally got this PlayStation One game I always wanted, and I'm like, you know, forty now. That's but cool. you know, people tie it to their. I'm sure tie it to oh, their okay. past tra- traumatic things. So that's. I mean, okay. So while this concept of getting people the gifts they never got is very sweet and very, very good, I I would like to formally state that I think like holiday gift giving. Right, so this is what I'm really against. Okay, so let me let me let me really make it super clear what I how I feel about gift giving. I am all about gift giving uh, when it's spontaneous and it's thoughtful. And oh, I saw something in the store that I know Michael likes, or made me think of Michael, or something that I just thought he would like, and I just felt like getting him for him. That's super sweet. That's a great way to show you love someone. But I hate this fucking holiday gift giving shit. This corporate this bullshit. <laughs> This, Fuck the man, dude. This corporate capitalist regime Nobody shit. Nobody tells me to give gifts. I think it I just think it's fucking lame. So like I don't I don't fuck with giving gifts on Christmas. Nobody tells me when to celebrate the I, Lord's I birthday. I don't celebrate birthdays. I mean I celebrate them, but not like with gift giving, you know. Father's Day, Mother's Day, all that shit. All that shit. Gift giving. That seems to work out really stupid. well for you, man. Hey, I promise you, I'll feel this way when I'm a father one day as well. I don't ask for things on my birthday either or Christmas. So well, nobody it, it, asks you know. for things on their birthday. Nobody asks for things on Christmas. But there's an expectation. Well, assholes. Be a father. Me? No, this guy. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brandon's <laughs> my future. My future kids Brandon's, better look Brandon's out. Brandon's a dad. Uh, he just celebrated Father's Day. Hey, but by the way, Happy Father's Day, Brandon. Oh, happy Father's Day, Brandon. Um, not getting you a fucking gift though. How? How? What are your views about your gifts? You get any gifts on Father's Day? Oh my god, I got like the best fucking gift. My wife got like this. Literal gigantic piece of artwork commissioned to go in my game room. I'm a big board gamer guy, and it's like my whole family like playing around the table, but like it's like in this fucking fantasy like giant wizards bookcase kind of shit. It's pretty fucking. That's incredible. pretty fire, actually. That's pretty. Yeah. You know, I'm back. I'm back on the gift giving train. Yeah, right. When you want that, come <laughs> on. Don't be an asshole. But you see what I mean. I just think this like holidays, situations like that where there's this expectation and there's this stress to buy and, and give gifts. I just think that that's that, that kind of, that kind of ultimately ends up missing the point of the, of what you're really, you know what I'm saying? It's just some, like I said, I, I think we're all in this room very 
uh, emotionally expressive people. Like we don't suppress our emotions. We let it out. We explode, if you will. We're the I'm an exploder. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely a, a bottle upper. But you explode with me. We explode. I mean, occasionally we explode guys, all over each you other. You guys are uh, yin and yang, if you will. We're, yes, we're very yin and yang. Yin me and, and Michael yang. actually discuss this a lot of the time. Uh, How we balance each other, both out. both in our friendship and in our like working together, because like I have to keep him from like stressing the fuck out and and going old quickly, and he has to keep me from being a lazy piece of shit. So you know, there's a there's a give and take there between us. That's true. You are a lazy piece of shit. And you are a fucking <laughs> high strung neurotic motherfucker. That's true. That's very, very, very true. Time to thank our sponsors. Woo! Sponsor thanking time. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Le Chat Noir. Le Chat Noir is a black box theater here in downtown Augusta, just on the corner of 8th and Ellis, right off Broad Street. Uh, this theater has an attached lobby with a full service bar that echoes a 19th century cabaret. Well, after one too many absence. <laughs> like its namesake, Le Chat Noir exists to produce and present entertainment to the CSRA that was previously not being offered. And Michael, uh, is there possibly a website that I could go to to get more information about Le Chat Noir? I was literally about to say that, Bryson. Uh, it's lcnaugusta.com. lcnaugusta.com. You can find information on tickets. Uh, you can also find merch. Uh, you can find uh, content on past productions. But most importantly, you can find our tickets to First Friday XTG Schrodinger's Cat. LCNAugusta.com. Go to our website for more details. But I, uh, I have my ways of chilling out. I don't drink. I don't drink. I used to drink. Uh, but it made me sad and it made me sick. <laughs> <laughs> it made me sick all the time. Like Even like I have a sip of beer and I'm like, oh, my tummy hurts. My tummy hurts. Oh, I don't like this wheat beer. Um I had, a, I had a beer at Cheers in Boston. I drank one beer and I was like, oh, I had to like, but I didn't want to seem like a bitch. I'm, I'm in Cheers. I'm in Sam Malone's bar. Okay. The so place where everybody knows your name. And I was not going to not drink a beer there. So were you in like the bar that they shot Cheers in or like a Cheers themed bar? I was at the, the Cheers themed bar, but it was it made exactly like it. But it was in Boston. But I did go to the other Cheers themed bar. Um, but the most important thing was I was there in Boston during 420, and unfortunately, it, we just became legal there. So I was in New York at the time, and I took a bus over to Boston. I was filming uh, the Deuce in New York, and I came over to Boston, and I was so stoked because I knew weed was legal, and I was. As soon as I got off the bus, I was going to walk into the dispensary and meet up with my friend, Nicky Mack. Shout out to my Boston boy, Nicky Mack. He's a loyal listener to the show. Love, love you, Nicky. Nicky. Nicky, how Nikki you doing? Mack. Listen hey. to Bottle Up and Explode. Look at you, you motherfucker, you. Hey, Nicky. All right, Brandon, that was weird. You see, what we did was funny, What you did. Fucking Scared weird. Nick. Now he's not going to listen anymore. Don't abandon me. Hold on one second. Sorry, Bryson. What? No, come on, man. What the fuck? I don't. Not to make any more goddamn jokes. You <laughs> son of a Sorry. You just edit <laughs> and you say nice things. <laughs> Shh. Michael, was Brandon acting up again? No, nah, Brandon's fine, isn't he? Yeah, I'm fine. Anyway, so I was in Boston and uh, I go to the dispensary. It's the first thing I do when I get off the bus. And uh, I was looking for. Uh, the, the weed! weed. Uh, 
and I walk into the dispensary and the guy's like, can I see your ID? And I'm thinking, uh, oh, of course, you know, I'm make sure I'm 21, show my ID. And he goes, oh man, you can't get in here. I'm like, whoa, what are you talking about, man? He goes, it's only for residents right now. And if you have a medicinal card. And I was just like, fucking Boston, Boston, Boston. What do you, what do you, what do you say? These Boston municipality lawmakers. I was like, what are you saying? So anyway, it was a pretty cool experience. We ended up working it out. I was in Boston for, uh, that was a really cool experience. What was you, do you remember your first time smoking weed? I remember my first time smoking weed vividly. Would you like to hear about it? I mean, I guess. All right. So <clears throat> my first time smoking, so I'm 20 now. My first time smoking was when I believe I was 16. And I oh, was, me too. I was 16 also. Uh, hell yeah. We're on, we're on time with this. So when I was 16, I was uh, very involved in community theater, much as I am now. But it was at a different local theater. Shall not remain. Shall remain nameless. Um, so I was doing a lot of shows there, and obviously I had a lot of friends there. And for those of you involved in the theater community, you'll know this. But those of you not involved may not. People in the theater community, especially young people, smoke a lot of weed. Generally, right? It seems to be a pretty seems to be a pretty all around loved pastime in the theater community. So. My, I mean, it's, it was pretty simple, really. Some of my older friends that had that I've been doing shows with for years, very close friends of mine, uh, a lot of which I still keep up with to this day. Shout out to you guys. You know who you are. Um, me and another friend of mine who had never smoked before, uh, they had asked us like a few days before, like, hey, um, Friday after after the show, because uh, it was like opening week, or maybe it was, or maybe it was like second weekend or something. But whatever. Uh, Friday after the show, they were like, "Hey, we were all gonna go back to unnamed friend's apartment and smoke and chill and blah blah blah. Have a good night. Would you guys care to join and partake?" And obviously, me and unnamed friend who had also never smoked before decided to partake. So we went with them. It was a huge event. They had, I mean, they really rolled out the red carpet for us. They packed a bong, rolled a blunt. Rolled out a red carpet. Packed, yeah, they did it all. Packed a one hitter. Uh, I didn't know how to hit a bong at the time because it's always tricky learning how to hit a bong, obviously. So one it's of, not for the uh, beginners. It's not. It's not a beginner sport. So my friend actually pulled it like full and then just pulled out the slide and I just inhaled the smoke. Right. So I mean, I, I like secondhand hit the bong. I hit the bong without all the all the work. Um, but the worst part was easily the one hitter. So I hadn't, I hit, I hit oh. your one hitter a lot now, or at least I have before, and I've like gotten better about. Are it. you talking about like the uh, the the oil itself, or are you talking about like the uh, like a one? No, like a like a, like a one. Oh yeah, yeah we like used to a, do that. Yeah. yeah, that's been a long time since we've done that. And so they had a one hitter, and I hit it, and it was a. Uh, it's probably honestly still to this day the worst I've ever got like burnt, or just like the worst cough I've ever had smoke, and that shit was horrific. But yeah, it was a good time. I actually don't remember feeling many many effects. Did you have a similar experience? I don't I don't remember like really getting high until maybe my second or third time smoking. So it's funny you say that. So I was as I mentioned before, I was also 16 when I first started smoking, and it was not too far from my house. It was at my friend's house. Uh I won't say his name, protect him. Uh so we'd grown up together and as a self-defense mechanism in school, I got into comedy, and I used to make jokes about weed a lot, even though I had never tried weed, smoked weed. But all my friends always wanted to smoke me out because they were like, oh, my God, it would be amazing if I got you high and you got to make jokes like this when you're high. So everybody in my class wanted to get me high, so I took my friend up on his offer, uh, and I went over to his house. Like I said, I was 16, uh, and he didn't have a bong. He didn't have a joint. He didn't have anything. 
So it turned into like an episode of Home Improvement of let me show you how to make a bong out of a water bottle. Oh, so he made you a Jeep for your first time? For my first time. Oh, that's fucking horrific. And that's he sh- horrible. It was terrible. And he showed me how to do it. Uh, and I was like, man, this is what smoking weed's like. It did not taste great. <laughs> this this whole weed's like it fucking sucks it ass. Is this like, what it's like? It made me feel like I was like uh, I was doing something worse than weed. It was like yes, it, it does. seemed more desperate. It was like <laughs> I gotta get it any way I can. <laughs> yes. can we, he was like he looked yes. at me. Do you have an apple? I'm like oh my god no. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I tell. Shout outs to Paul again and uh and mother mother friends. That's how that's how it is, man. <laughs> they fucking when you're hitting out of a jeep, it looks like you're doing something like you said so much harder than weed. It looks like, horrible. It's like we were sweating through it. It's like I gotta get this, man. I yeah, gotta get this shit out. Exactly. It. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm, uh, I got this water bottle here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what we could do. Um, so we we do it and we go to the backyard behind the shed. And we smoke, and then we go inside, and I'm not really feeling anything. And he's like, "Hey, why don't we watch uh, Pineapple Express?" Like, and I'm like, Fantastic "Perfect movie. film." I'm like, "Oh yeah, what a, what a film to get high to on your first time." And I'm not really feeling anything. And then these girls come over, and uh, they start talking, and uh, they start asking, like, "Oh, your first time? How you feeling?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just not feeling anything." And then one of the girls goes over to pet my friend's dog. She's like a little chihuahua. And she reaches over, and the dog snips at her. And I go, whoa, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh, shit, I'm high. Oh, God. I'm, like, laughing at what's happening. And then I'm also laughing at the fact that I'm, like, I feel high, and this is crazy. And uh, something's never changed because that laughter soon went to paranoia because I was like, what time is it? It's 4.30. My mom's going to be open at 5. And I uh, immediately ran home because he, ran, he lived real close to me. I ran home, all the way home, uh, ran to the backyard, and I jumped in the pool full, fully clothed because I was scared that my parents would be able to smell the weed on my clothes. So uh, I was like, you'll never smell it now. I thought it was because you, you thought you were like being chased by, by, by a swarm of bees nope, or something. Nope. I was just scared that my mom was going to get home before me and and uh, smell it on my clothes. Because so I, 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 I remember the smell. It was, it was like, it was not great weed. And it was also like uh, probably Your a, first time never a dip is. bottle. <laughs> So, so not a positive experience. So not a positive. Other than like the laughter, it was a good time. We had snacks and watched Pineapple Express and I watched the girl get bit by a dog, which is always fun. Um, I mean, I mean, like I said, mine was the whole opposite. They they really had it had it ready for me. I mean, like I said, multiple mechanisms to try out. Plenty of weed. Good friends. It was a good time. Was that your worst experience? Would you say classify that as your worst experience? My first time being my worst? Yeah. Oh, not even close. Was your not worst even close. So my worst experience was probably. So I've got two stories. I'm going to I'm going to just no, I'm just going to hit one of them. So this is probably the worst one. About 2 years ago, year and a half, 2 years ago somewhere in that neighborhood, I uh so at this point I'm a grown-up smoker boy and I decided that it's time for me to buy a bong, right? You know, that's that's just a purchase every pothead makes once they graduate to a higher level. They they buy a bong. So I go to the to the vape shop or the head shop, you know, whatever. Buy a bong. Didn't cost too much. It was a nice little, just regular uh, classic glass beaker bong. Cool. Took it home. And so uh, all you smokers will know that the first day you buy a piece, you have to smoke out of it. It's good luck, right? So I go home, put the water in it, uh, get my weed, and I go sit out in the front yard 
and I'm just ripping this thing. And at this point, I, and at this point in my life, I had a pretty good tolerance built up because I'd been smoking a lot. And but I ripped this motherfucker. I mean, like full milky rips had to be like eight or nine times. Just just because that's I don't know. That's just what I did. And I got so fucking high that I puked twice. Have you ever gotten so high that you puked? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I got so high that I'm sitting. I'm sitting on the couch in my room, sweating my ass off, and like the room is spinning, and it's just horrible. And then I puke all over the like. I have like this little coffee table in my room. Puke all over this motherfucker. Go to the bathroom, and I'm like shitting my brains out. And I'm trying not to puke. Puke again all over the floor. I mean, I just this. There's some devil weed. This weed fucked me slap up. I also hit way too much of it, so that also had something to do with it. That'll do it to you. I mean, there is a condition, actually. You know, like you, you, It is possible to smoke too much weed. Like, it's possible. You, it'll make you throw up nonstop until you stop smoking so much weed. Correct. Yeah, well, That's I mean, thing. that shit got me that day. It's true. I uh, The worst time, I wouldn't consider it the worst time because I've had experiences where, like, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> I mean, but there was this one time when I was in Los Angeles, and uh, I was with my friend... Uh, Drew and Mickey, uh, and we were coming out of Upright Citizens Brigade in LA, and this was our last night there. It was so, I had such a great time. It was so funny. We saw Jason Mantukas and Drew Tarver, like really, really, really funny guys. And, um, we go to the hills of LA, and Mickey was like, I hope you guys, shout out to Mickey Lay, it's our boy. He, he goes, you guys, I hope you really enjoyed yourself. And he pulls out one of the fattest joints I've ever seen in my life that he rolled himself, not a pre-roll deal. He did it himself. And he's like, I hope you guys enjoyed yourself. And he passes it, uh, and, I, and I smoke it, and we're just smoking it together. And uh, he goes, I'm going to take you guys to the best taco stand in L.A. And we go, and I'm riding in the car, and I'm not feeling so good. Not like... Not even like que- a little queasy. Is that LA weed, man? You, your your South Carolina body, your but, your Georgia uh, body. Georgia not body. ready for it. Yeah, I uh, I had just come from Denver and I just had some Denver weed and that was some pretty good stuff. But uh, this LA stuff, uh, whoa. So I'm I'm in, we're in the car ride and I'm feeling more paranoid because I'm like in a city I don't know. I'm in the back of a car. I'm a little hot. I'm not feeling so awesome. And then we pull up to the taco stand and he's like, "Here it is, you guys ready?" And I look at Mickey, I, I look him right in the eyes and I go, hey, man, uh, I'm not leaving this car right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you're high when you start drawing hard lines in the sand about things. Yeah, how rude. I'm a guest in his not. house. I'm a guest in his house. I'm in his car and I look him in the eye and he's bigger than me. He beat the shit out of me. And I just go, I am not leaving this car. And he goes, all right, buddy, well, uh. I mean, I guess we can go to In-N-Out again. <laughs> that, go through the drive-thru. Oh and uh, we went to In-N-Out. And I think we also ordered a pizza on top of that. And I just killed both of them and passed the fuck out. I mean, that part of the night was awesome. But there was like this L.A. nightmare for a minute where I was like, ah, where am I? This place is weird. <laughs> uh, but it was it was definitely a culture shock being there. But it was uh, it was really, really wild weed. Today's episode of Bottle Up and Explode is brought to you by the Alley Downtown Tap Room. The Alley Downtown Tap Room is the number one place for craft beer. They have 48 taps with a variety of beer, ciders, wine, kombuchas, sodas, and coffee. Pay by the ounce or pay by the pint. Now, 
like a lot of businesses, the Alley Downtown Tap Room is going through a real tricky time right now. So their hours are limited right now. So check their website out for that. You can also check their website for uh, to purchase a gift card, beer, or merch. Uh, you can find that information on the Alley Downtown Tap Room. Dot com. Again, that's the AlleyDowntownTapRoom.com. Now, Michael, is there some sort of VIP text list I could get involved with to get more information? Absolutely, Bryson. You can sign up for the uh, VIP text list by texting BHOPPY, B-E-H-O-P-P-Y, BHOPPY, to 31996. Again, that's text BHOPPY to 31996. On that trip, yeah, like I said, I also went to Denver. So Denver was the first stop. Denver also has really good weed. Very lax about it, too. Uh, just can't go in federal buildings. Don't drive with it. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, all the normal things all you'd expect. All the normal things you'd yeah. expect. Uh, I have another good weed story. I'll save that for another time. Remind me. I was going to say, episode. I've got tons of weed tons stories. Of we can bust funny out Funny-ass weed stories. Yeah. I'll, tell, I'll talk about that one next week. Um, but one thing about, about Denver, so I thought it was weird initially that they legalized medicinal, medicinal shrimp. Medicinal. Medicinal. Medicinal shrooms, Sean Connery. Um, no, I thought it was kind of weird. I was like, "What? Okay, Denver's getting a little, a little weird. Uh, a those little ga- too liberal." Those goddamn liberals out in Denver legalizing shrooms. What's next? Peyote. Peyote. Huh? What's after that? Mascarin. <laughs> what? What else they gonna do? God damn it! Address mental health issues. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think they might do next? Institute a living wage. God damn it. Goddamn liberals. And they're wanting to give everybody a good life. Those fucking bastards. So yeah, they uh you said they legalize mushrooms for medicinal use? Yeah. So and I was real I thought that was really strange. And then I started doing actual research into it. And you learn that they're actually a really good thing. They are. So they use them to treat uh, treat PTSD, soldiers coming home from war specifically, uh, or any traumatic issue you faced in your life. Uh, they also help terminal patients cope with death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also watched an episode of... Uh, of the Midnight Gospel. Of the Midnight Gospel. <laughs> I did, actually, which That's was a good show. great show. Shout-outs to the Midnight Gospel. Midnight Gospel, and, uh, Netflix. God, what's, the motherfucker, what's the motherfucker hosting it? Any other day, I could have said his name perfectly, but today it's going to escape me. It's going to escape you. Duncan Trussell. Nice. Good job. There he is. So, great show. Uh, they kind of addressed that, but also, it's a, it's a show with Gwyneth Paltrow's company. Is it called Goop. Poop, goop, goop. I have no, no clue. Goop. I have no clue. But it's a, it's a. Sh- her company tries different stuff. I've only watched the first episode, but I was really interested in it, and I'm glad I did. Um, they talk about trying shrooms, but they do it with a licensed therapist, mm-hmm. which uh, some would call a, a shaman, if you will. But this is a, a licensed therapist that has gone through the experience of taking, um, taking shrooms, and like have have processed it with a therapist so they understand like okay so when you give your patient or client these shrooms you know how to what to do to take them uh to help them process what they're going through i think it's it was super fascinating and uh well also i mean short of like hiring a full-on therapist you know i'm a firm believer that with anything that you decide to do, if you decide to smoke weed for the first time, if you decide to drink for the first time, if you decide to do just about anything for the first time, I mean, why not learn about it? You know what I'm saying? Why not at least like, even if research, bro, not, not just like, cause, uh, 
I'm not saying this in a way of like, hey man, you should read up on that. That shit's really bad for you. Because it's not. I've already stated once before that I think uh, shrooms in particular are very, uh, very safe and good for you. That's what all the evidence seems to show anyway. But if you're going to do anything, even if it's something that you're hell bent on doing, at least like take the time to learn yeah. about it. You know, I ta- We talked about it. We've talked about doing it. You've done them before. I've never done them. Okay, yeah. So I've uh, I have done them. Yes, and uh, it was it was something. And my thing is <clears throat> my thing is this. I wanted. I told you it was like I want to do it in a setting where I feel comfortable, in a setting where I feel like I would be able to process what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where I feel because I well, would want to do it. I mean, it, so back to the research. If you take the time to learn about them, and you do read up about them, like. That's what they tell you to do anyway. That's not know? what I'm. That's not what I mean, though. I'm not talking about like uh, the ex- what I'm going to experience. I want to. I like. I, I I've said it before. I, I don't know if I've said it on the show. I'm a huge fan of efficiency. So if I can knock out multiple things while I'm doing something, like I take if, like jerking off while you're driving. Exactly. Yes. I'm traveling and jerking off. And <laughs> anyway, no, not like that. But couldn't for, tell if you were coming or going. <laughs> Stole that from George Carlin. Shout out to George Carlin from the grave. <laughs> God damn it, Bryson. Um, Fuck, you made me forget what I was saying. You're talking about you're talking about wanting to do shrooms, but wanting to, to do yeah. them in an efficient manner. Where you I want to do an efficient process. manner. Okay, so I want to do things in a, I do things in an efficient manner, and, and and let me elaborate a little bit on that. I like to take efficient vacations. So when I went to Los Angeles, Los Angeles, one of the Los Angeles, uh, and Denver. I did everything I wanted to do in that trip. So I went to Denver, uh, saw an Avery Brothers concert at Red Rocks, and then went to L.A., did the L.A. things I wanted to do, and, and went to Disneyland, too. So I got to I knocked out all the things I wanted to do on the West Coast, or most of the things I wanted to do on the West Coast in that trip. Like this summer, I was going to take a trip to Portland, Seattle, Vancouver. And, and do that, euthanasia. And do euthanasia. <laughs> <laughs> no, and do like a, like a trip. Of, like, you know, those are three states I wanted to see. And go to an overly a, expensive cafe. Exactly. Yeah, okay. And, and listen to Nirvana. And yeah, and go to course. a place where it's, it's paid $20 to say, Nirvana stood here once. Big facts, I did. Um, but anyway, I digress about that. Um, so I like efficiency. So when I want to take this trip, you know, I want to feel a certain way. I want to see things. But I also want to come out of it learning something and – understanding it. I don't want to be in a situation where I take shrooms and it's like, wow, I just had this really beautiful moment in my life that I really don't quite understand, but it was something. Well, okay. But I want to be able to process this and understand it because, you know, maybe it won't be for me. Maybe I take it once. I'm like, oh, I understand. And then that's it. That's all I want to do. I just want to do at that time. Oh, I mean, I, I I get the thought process behind that, and trust me, if that's how you're hell bent on doing it, then please, by all yeah. means, you know, do it that way. Because they say they say that <clears throat> um, shrooms open up your subconscious mind, open up your third eye, motherfucker. <laughs> well, in the sense of like, that's where you bury your shit. You know, mm-hmm. it's where you like where you, something about when you're, and I don't want to misquote. It's like you know, it's what you what you're thinking of when you're driving. It's the wolf. It's the two wolves that live inside sub- of you. Yeah, you're driving. Your subconscious mind is your driving stuff and stuff you do that you're not even thinking about. I mean, that's obvious, but well, I mean, there's several. But ways there's to also that. that's also where you bury your shit. Ah, uh, yeah. So it unlocks that, and that's like okay. So you think that, that if you did shrooms, you might forget how to drive? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's exactly it. That's like what you're worried about, right? You're worried you're gonna do shrooms and forget how to drive. No, you know, so it's not like riding a it's not like riding a bike. You know, you can forget how to drive. You you can forget how to drive. Well, and also uh, for observant listeners, on episode one, I talked about getting a bike. um, Maybe a month before that, I learned how to ride a bike. So. As a 20-year-old who just learned how to ride a bike, I have not yet forgotten. So, so far, the, the test of time has been stood. But back to, back to shrooms, back to, back to our third eyes. I think that – so in my, I'm just going to talk about from my experience. So in my experience, I went into it having done a shit ton of research, having watched a shit ton of videos, having read – I mean, just, just did a bunch of learning, right, all around, videos – documentaries, whatever, all throughout my life. Because another thing is I've been interested in learning about um, psychedelics and marijuana and just drugs and just shit like this in general since I was little. When I was in elementary school, you know how you like signed the D.A.R.E. banner? I know you probably did that at school. Or some sort of... I proudly signed the D.A.R.E. banner. Or some sort of, you know, anti-drug, I'll never do this banner. In fifth grade, I was the only student that didn't sign it. And when asked by my teacher why I didn't sign it, I looked at my teacher and said, because I'm probably going to do drugs one day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in fifth grade, I knew what was up. So I've been, I've been taking the time, you know, to, to learn about all this. So in my experience, I went into it, um, pretty knowledgeable, about as knowledgeable as you can probably be without doing it. I, you know, I don't want to say that cause there's tons of little pedantic shit I could have learned, but you know, all around pretty much knowing what I was getting myself into and I had a great time. Did it with some close friends at a place I was very comfortable with, uh, Made sure that, you know, no one was going to bother us. We had, you know, a sober person there hanging with us. Took a very low dose. So we each ate like two-ish grams, two mm-hmm. and a half, which is pretty small, pretty small dose. I mean, that is, I will say, we were a bit irresponsible. That is more than they recommend usually for first dose. They usually recommend like a gram, gram and a half maybe. Sure. So we were, we did, we did uh, jump in a little bit and it was a very intense experience. Um, did you and- have any major breakthroughs? No, see that's here's what I was gonna say. So no, I didn't because it's still very small dose, and you know it's it's a very still in the grand scheme of what it can become a very limited experience. But it's like I feel like if anything, my my first mushroom trip taught me how going forward with it because I fully before doing them the first time and after doing them the first time and right to this very moment fully intend on doing them in the future again. Right. Um, so if anything, it gave me a healthy respect where it's like, okay, now I've learned about it and now I've done it. So it's like, now I really know kind of how deep the water can go. You know what I'm saying? That's what it felt like. I had a great experience. Nothing about my experience was bad. Didn't even have any come up anxiety, which is one of the biggest things they tell you might have when you're first getting into the trip, you might get anxious or you might get sick to your stomach. Got none of that. Had a great time. Beautiful time. One of the best experiences of my life. Uh, talk to me personally, if you want to hear me really gush about it, but it taught me Going forward, like, okay, these motherfuckers made me feel that good. That means that if shit goes whack, they can definitely make me feel that bad. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's what I'm scared of. So, the, like, the point I'm trying to make about shrooms is I feel like it could get to the problem a lot quicker. Like, I feel like you should go in, get those intro meetings with your therapist, get to know each other, get comfortable to open up sometimes. And but, then bust out the shrooms. And then bust out the shrooms. <laughs> but if it's proven to be helpful, if it's proven to help with – with depression and with helping cope with uh, like terminal patients cope with death and help with PTSD, then I think we should really give it a try. People need to take, I'm standing on a, you know, on my little stand here, but 
you know, mental health needs to be taken as seriously as any sort of bodily health. It's physical health. Your mental health is physical health. It's the same thing. And it's just your health. Yeah. And if this, if shrooms have been proven to help with that, then help people. Let's give it a go. Let's give it a try. Plus, also, I mean, the libertarian in me is just sitting here saying, why is any of this shit illegal? Just fucking let let people like, dude. God damn it, libertarians! I'm not. I'm not full on. I'm everybody. not full on drug legal person. I think let's shrooms, just legalize cocaine. Acid. Yeah, I mean, fuck if someone wants to do Look, it, man. I mean, let's just get the stuff. Let's get the stuff that helps people first. Okay, <laughs> right, we'll focus Jesus on getting the stuff Christ. that helps people. Selfish and, bastard. And then we'll <laughs> then we'll move on to really what the end goal is, which is letting people do what they want to do. You're over here like all drugs matter. Fucking douche. <laughs> all. I love that. Perfect. <laughs> so, Michael, I've enjoyed talking to you this week or, or this this day, this hour, this, this fine hour, this beautiful hour and a half we've been sitting in here. Sure. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any thoughts? Have any takeaways? I, uh, you know, as I just said prior, just give shrooms a chance, man. Give, give shrooms, shrooms a, chance. a chance, man. No, uh, honestly, just hold on. Sorry. Well, while you're while you're figuring out what you're figuring out. Um, I would like to say that my takeaways are fuck Paul, big fucks to Paul. Um, thank you to my, my theater friends for, uh, introducing me into the wonderful world of, of, of marijuana, of consensual marijuana smoking with close friends and, uh, give mushrooms a chance. And, uh, my final thoughts are going to be this, uh, though we do, uh, we do enjoy smoking, Marijuana. We do we do it safely and we do it legally. Okay, I'm sorry. We do it safely, and that's it. Uh, obviously, <laughs> it's illegal. Uh, you know, so do your own risk. But the point I'm trying to make is don't do don't drive and smoke. Don't be stupid about it. You know, you know. Don't give it to little kids. Don't be an asshole. You know, you're an adult. You can have it. Fine. But don't give it to kids. Don't hang around to school or the Chuck E. Cheeses, if you will. <laughs> Trying to sell you dope because I come get you. Even my name's Officer it, it Terry. It's very enticing to get a good thirty-five dollars a gram off of off of those middle schoolers. God just damn. don't do it. Just it, don't do it. Just don't do it. I know they're gonna be like, "How much will this get me?" And, and it's a hundred-dollar bill they took from Grandma's purse. And but then, and then don't you give them like it. like you know like a gram or two. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If Even though hitting that lick seems very enticing, if don't they're do gonna it. give you a hundred dollars. Give them at least a quarter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Give them at least a quarter. Give them at least a quarter. Hell man. yeah. Uh, but that's that's my stance on things, Bryson. Wonderful. You've been listening to Bottle Up and Explode with Bryson and Michael. I'm Bryson. I'm Michael. Thank you. Two best friends just brought it out and now it's time to go. But tune in next week, you sexy motherfuckers, for another episode of Bottle Up and Explode. Tune in every Sunday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you. It's Bottle Up and Explode.